When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is John Hammond, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Uh, We are brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this always growing, uh, always very interesting and intellectually thoughtful uh, Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So um, I will get to the point of why we're calling the episode this. It's going to take a little bit, uh, but uh, bear with me. This is episode 80. We're going to be calling this Five Females, a Weird Congruent. Weird spelled W-Y-R-D, as in weird folk, and I'm going to get to that in a minute as well. So, all right. So this episode started because uh, tomorrow night, actually, I'm going to be going on Pete Pardo's Sea of Tranquility podcast, and they asked a very interesting question. Um, Your favorite vocal performances of all time, right? And one of them I had to pick a female vocalist. I I mean, this is me just saying this. I, I felt I had to pick one to represent this crazy sort of quest uh, down the road of female vocalists uh, that I've been into over the last pretty much 20 years, I'd say, for what you're going to hear here. Um, but uh, so for that, um, I actually picked John, Donna Jean Godshow, uh, France, Grateful Dead. And uh, I won't go into that whole thing, but she kind of represents what this episode is all about, yet I'm not going to include her in in the episode. She is almost the most famous version of what we're going to be talking about here. Um, but the interesting thing um, that that um, framed this episode is that these are actually um, five female vocalists that I've listened to the most over the last 20 years, with the exception of one, and I'll, I'll get to that, um, but the others certainly many, many, many times on these records. Um, and uh, one of the cool things that I found is that there is not only one W-Y-R-D convert, uh, congruence, um, to uh, to these uh, as a group uh, in terms of similarities, you know, Carl Jung speaks of synchronicities. There's definitely, definitely some strange synchronicities here. There's actually four, four strange synchronicities um, 
to these uh, female vocalists that we're going to celebrate here. Um, okay, so so first I, I wanted to back back up a little bit. So so these are um, all records that I played over and over and over again. I would play these to fall asleep. I'll, I'd play them, you know, packing up books. But really, they were they were for um, you know walks home from the office on a dark snowy day um or falling asleep to sort of you know influence dream state and uh, and to and sort of to take you to an imaginary world i mean these are definitely records that create very strange imaginary worlds now these days i'm actually this is a bit of a long story but instead of playing these kinds of records and and these records specifically like i say over and over and over again along with grateful dead i've been playing a lot of um Spoken word podcast, paranormal podcast, occult uh, podcast, definitely tons and tons of Gordon White Rune Soup, um, Where Did the Road Go with Soraya, um, Greg Kaminsky, Occult of Personality. I've probably listened to every episode of that. Um, but one of my favorites recently has been uh, Timothy and Allison Renner with Strange Familiars. Now, a lot of that is about um, the Bigfoot UFO connection and cryptids and ghosts and poltergeists and uh, and fairy folk when he gets Josh Cutchin on and stuff like that. But one of the wild things about, and this is just another synchronicity, the reason I'm I'm playing all this stuff recently and the reason I played all of these records, um, well, well, more this stuff is because um, they spur creativity and uh, and I've been working on this uh, this Imaginos timeline project with illustrations, and all the illustrations for that are sort of like um, old timey photographs from the early days of photography, you know, recreated as illustrations. But it's almost like these are illustrations you want to have happened, like photographs that you wished would happen, like this person went there, oh, that proves a theory about that, or these two guys knew each other, or this is an, an influence on his art, or they're photographs from the pre-photograph time, like be before the, I think photography is like maybe late 1810s, 1820s, then it picked up 1840s, 1860s, but before that, you know, photography was was illustration and painting. So, so some of these things that will go along with this Imaginos project are are illustrations from of of things that I wish there would be photos of from before photographic time. So, so Timothy and Allison with this strange familiars. One of the things they do every episode is is they have an an old photograph, a photograph of the week or photograph of the episode that that you know Allison. Um, sells off on Etsy after they describe it and talk about it a little bit. And also, uh, also Timothy's music, uh, he's, he's a folk musician. He's got this band called Stone Breath, and they play music that sounds like music from the 1820s, but mostly with paranormal themes. So I thought there was a strange synchronicity as I started listening to these guys, to these illustrations I was doing for this Imaginals project. So, okay, so my point here is that um, I actually play this stuff all the time instead of of the very specific case of this music um, that that we're going to celebrate, like I, I will play these these occult podcasts to 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 like fall asleep or effect a um, you know a certain dream path or whatever. You know, one one thing I have one rule: I I won't play episodes about sleep paralysis or shadow people because that's the last thing you want to be playing to go into your head as you're trying to fall asleep or whatever, right? But I would play these. I play these now when I'm packing up books and stuff because it spurs ideas for this Imaginos illustration project. So these are all these are all records 
uh, of a liminal state of of um you know that that I think are perfect records because they're very very quiet um that that sort of take you into this this strange world now again the the reason you know I wanted to sort of end that little thing about podcasts with strange familiars is that is that everything about strange familiars is a little bit about I mean Timothy's got a weird folk band the photos are weird um you know the episodes are are often about historical, you know, folklore type type things, and that's one of the congruences of all of these tracks we're going to play today. They all come from the weird folk uh, field. Now, what is weird folk? Weird folk is like folk music that has some oddness to it. It could be a little proggy. It could be a little unconventional. The lyrics certainly can be a little bit weird. Um, so it's like folk with something extra. I, I guess I found out that I'm not really a folk guy. I'm not, I'm not a big folk fan. Um, but I like weird folk. I want a little extra to my folk. So I don't, I don't want straight political stuff. I don't want stuff that sounds like, uh, you know, most of the songs could have been written traditionally from, from way back when, um, you know, I, I want that, that modernity or oddness or, you know, like paranormal and witches and stuff like that. And we're certainly going to hear a little bit of that, um, with what we get here. But, um, so yeah, so so the point here is this. I you know I call this five females a weird congruence because these are female singers that I played a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot over the last fifteen years, um, and then I found these odd, odd congruences. So one of them, um, let's do the congruences then. So so one of them, they're all kind of loosely from the weird folk world. Number two. They're, they're a very tight time frame. The first one I'm going to play is from 1969. Then we're going to go 1970, 71, 72, 73. So we're going to go in chronological order. And it happened to be, again, I did not I did not choose this. These are just the, these records that I played over and over again. They happen to be one year consecutive, consecutively like that. Um, here's the other strange thing about every one of these. Uh, every one of these artists made one record, and that was it. Um, they never made another record. Um, very, very strange. Um, I'll explain a little more about that as we go. And the, and the wildest one that I, I could not believe when picking these favorite, favorite female artists, this blew my mind when I, when I noticed this, um, is that every one of these albums has dual male and female vocals. So, so there's trade-offs between a male vocalist and a female vocalist on all of them. And that hit me like a lightning bolt when I, when I picked these out. I remember explaining this when, when, um, we had a little podcast summit here, uh, uh way, way back, uh, of all the podcasters in Toronto and Christian came to town from, um, you know, from Pantheon. And I remember bringing up this, uh, this concept and everybody must've thought I was a lunatic because it, it's a very weird, deep personal concept. And it's obviously a little bit hard to explain. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, that one blew me away. It's almost like if, if you went out and uh, picked your top 20 albums, you go, oh, I like that one, like that one, I'm going to make up my list. And then you looked at all of them and, and you went, oh my God, every one of these has a red album cover. Or, or you found out that, you're, that everything in your life is, uh, is commanded by the number five. Everything happens in fives or whatever. Like, like one of those weird mathematical things. So for me, it was really odd to find that these five records that I was playing over and over and over again, hundreds of times in, in one or two examples here, but certainly dozens of times for all of them, is is that they had dual male and female vocals. Okay, um, I think I got everything out of the way I wanted to talk about in generalities there. Um, let's play our first one and we shall discuss. Uh, here we go, 1969. This is 
the search party with when he calls. Right, so this is one of those ones that, um, first of all, so so what this is almost classified as is acid folk, Christian acid folk. Um, so they only made one album, but it's creepy as all get out, and it is dual male female vocals. Um, this is the one that I played the least out of all these because you know, in terms of this classic theme that I'm saying that I played these albums over and over and over again when trying to fall asleep or whatever and have go into your brain and affect your dreams. This one, you couldn't really do that with um, because it's too noisy in parts. It, it gets really loud. There's a lot of loud psych playing and stuff like that. But um, it's really, really creepy. And what it reminds me of is is a couple of things. Um, I, I find that very, very charming when Geezer Butler like gets all scared about, uh, you know, the Jesus freaks in America, right? So they're coming from Birmingham. Birmingham is not London. London is not, you know, America. America is like scaring Black Sabbath. It's, it's kind of ironic, right? The, the, the coolest, biggest, baddest band of all time. So they go there and, uh, and you know, there's this naivety that, you know, we, we don't really mean all this stuff. And these Jesus freaks, you know, as is what Geezer would call them are freaking us out, you know, showing up at the shows and all this and, and, you know, witches, Jesus, it it turns out it was all kind of the same, same weird spirituality of this, of this hippie era. So here we are in 1969, there's this creepy, it's almost like a doom cult band of, uh, you know, they're, they're just creeping you out, freaking you out about religion kind of thing. And, and, um, so this whole album is, is really haunting and weird. And the other strange thing about it is it's almost a little bit like outsider music. Now, outsider music, famous example of that is the shags. Um, you know, basically outsider music means, um, a bunch of people who have no, business making an album and they usually don't make a lot of albums it's a it's a little bit like abstract music or abstract art but there's no such thing as abstract music abstract art is because you can kind of fake it in art right there's a lot of abstract art that doesn't take you know quote unquote artistic skill to get there it's more about the idea or whatever in music you kind of got to go from point a to point b and be able to play guitar or sing in tune and all that stuff that's why you don't get a lot of abstract music and and that's really why you don't get a lot of outsider music because you have to be semi-skilled to do music. So this one's this one feels a little bit like that. It feels like these people have no reason to get together. To it's almost like they're a big religious cult or something. It's very odd um, and very creepy sounding. So so yeah, it reminds me of that whole man myth and magic era of the spiritual revival of the uh of the early 70s I, and it also reminds me a little bit about the the doomy darkness of quote unquote white metal as it came out of trouble the band trouble so these guys sound almost like a a folky psych jammy just weird dark version of of trouble in a way. Uh, and it's 1969. It's out of California. It's just a bunch of guys that look like, uh, kind of like a, like a church, you know, uh, 
get together after 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 church on Sunday afternoon. You know, the the get together of the church. Be hey, let's have a band. We'll call it the search party. And the album was called Montgomery uh, Hill, right? Yeah. No, Montgomery Chapel. The album is called Montgomery Chapel. I've got a CD reissue of it, really nice CD uh, reissue. But you even look at the band on the back, and they're black and white, and it it pictures, and it just looks like it looks like the pastor himself is part of the band, and then these females. It's just very, very weird. Um, So that's our first one, 1969, the search party. When he calls. All right, let's take a listen to our second one here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 80, Five Females, A Weird Congruence. Um, Take a listen to this. This is Trader Horn with Growing Man. And so I lived alone. All right, so this is 1970. Uh, Jackie McCauley and uh, Judy Dibble, Fairport Convention kind of offshoot thing. Uh, they only made the one album. Um, what I love about this and, and this female vocalist in particular, Judy Dibble here, is she sounds kind of like gauzy and medicated, like like on heroin or tranquilizers and it also has a little bit of this sort of uh weimar germany berlin smokiness uh to it this decadence to it um and uh and the lyrics are obviously very strange this is a true weird folk album it truly fits in that weird folk thing now there's also some sort of classical instrumentation and some woodwinds and i think some horns and stuff and when i hear that it it reminds me of another band that fits in this sort of dual male female vocal thing that is creepy like this which is Amandul too um so they have that sort of thing because um you know there's that when you think of krautrock you think of um you know horns sometimes you know uh, made with you know together with prog and and hard rock and stuff so there's a little bit of that in here um so very very uh strange weird folk music on this acoustic a little bit celtic uh, a lot of variety and the other odd odd thing about this album so this is 1970 came out on pie records it's an english band uh, i had to get a cd of it and i even went and bought an lp of it on uh, ebay one of the few things i ever bought on ebay unfortunately mine's american you know i always think in terms of records it's got to be the first edition and for this it would have been more ideal to have a uk edition of the thing but it's a gatefold album looks like a children's record i mean it sounds like a children's record except the lyrics are very disturbing uh, <laughs> that's really the main thing now the other last thing about this record that is really creepy and strange is that between songs there would be this uh tinkly piano music in the background uh you know like a little lower audibly than the rest of it or or a little classical arrangement like little chill creepy children's music so it's almost like something's going on in the background behind these songs and it reminds me of the um the bar scene in 
The Shining, right? When Jack Nicholson is, is owning up to the bar and talking to the barman there. And uh, I, I think there's a bunch of people around and there's a ball going on and all this stuff in his head, right? Uh, so it really reminds me of that. So so that music, uh, it, it this this album almost seems like the soundtrack album to that to that bar ballroom scene in uh, in the shining um very very odd but but a lot of this album is not is not creepy and disturbing it's just really nice uh good folk music but with with intelligent strange lyrics so uh so there you go judy dibble definitely um this is one of those albums i played well over a hundred times over the last 15 years probably a couple hundred times if not more uh played this lots and lots and lots and again it's one of those it's one of those fall asleep albums because it's quiet and it's uh, and it, it spurs creativity like i say you know i did a bunch of art in the 90s and then i kind of quit for a while and that's really what i want to do more of again and i think this imaginals project is going to spur moving back into full-blown painting again but for now it's illustrations there might be a second version uh or like a like a carry-on version of this book past world war one which is where the first one ends where i might do more of these illustrations but i'm really liking doing this old-timey you know, photos that I wish could have been or whatever. And all of this music sounds very old, uh, like like before the early 70s. It, it sounds like I say, like weird folk. Folk music is traditional music. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, a very odd rabbit hole trip uh, for this episode. Five females, a weird convergence. These are five female vocalists I've been, um, you know, more or less obsessed over for the last uh, 15 years or so, uh, where I found this strange, strange convergence. Um, Okay, let's play the next one here, and we shall discuss. This is The Ghost with Hearts and Flowers. Hello, the face that All right, so what this one is, is a uh, an indie album that came out from a band from Birmingham on the Gemini label, I believe it was. Yes, Gemini. I'm looking at my LP copy of this, which uh, sadly is not an original. I think this is a, um, I think this is like an Italian uh, bootleg where they tried to make it look all authentic and stuff. So the, the band is called The Ghost. They're from Birmingham. Um, there's another pretty famous band from Birmingham from around this time. It's 1971. It's got dual male and female vocals, Convergence. Um, they only made one album, Convergence. It's Weird Folk, Convergence. And, uh, and it's from this tight time period. Um, where all these basically happen by accident. Um, the vocalist, the female vocalist is Shirley Kent. And you heard on this, this song is Hearts and Flowers. This is one of the mellower songs on it. But of course it goes, Hearts and Flowers died today. Um, but there's one on here, the, the opening track, When You're Dead, is sort of like a frantic, psychic, uh, psychic, psych, psych rock deep purple in a way um the guitarist paul eastman let's see is there just one yeah paul eastman sounds a little bit like a um 
like an out of date Richie Blackmore. When I say out of date, this album coming out in 1971 sounds more like a like if this came out in 1969, it would have been a drop dead psych classic or or 68 um but in 71 it's a little out of date it is it is heavy and psych um it's very creepy incredibly creepy um musically and vocally again shirley kent reminds me a little bit of judy dibble with this sort of haunting i've just got shot up with heroin sort of sound um but uh yeah there's a track on here called night of the warlock with witches and demons and stuff on it when you're dead is all about dying in heaven um this is my enemy um a lot of variety a lot of versatility but some some really kick-ass drumming on here and some really cool richie blackmore-esque guitar playing um so it's dark psych um but it is also very weird folk uh quite often as well so i thought this was really cool uh about 10 years ago, I got asked to do some liner notes for a CD reissue of this. I never did get a copy of the CD. And uh, the funny thing was, uh, I thought, oh boy, yeah, this is cool because I'm, I'm obsessed by this album. I just love it. Um, I got to interview Shirley Kent for it, but she wouldn't talk to me. She would only do an email interview. So I've got, you know, a cherished short uh, email interview that said, what the heck was this band all about? Because it's pretty crazy, man. Um but uh yeah check it out you know check out the song when you're dead for a good heavy one check out check out the song night of the warlock for a good satanic one but this hearts and flowers is just a creepy uh weird folk one all right moving on um taking a listen to this this is our number four entry this is a band called grutna with waiting for my ship waiting for my ship in a fire fever I dreamt I sold my soul to the devil I told my friends and they said Honey, that just ain't right But I was broken, I had to tell them it was Alright, so this is an odd one um, This one, uh, I, I, I more or less played three or four songs from this over and over and over again hundreds of times but not the whole thing because it's a little bit loud and rock and rolly um it's it's uh the the woman's name on this is uh Anne Rizzo or Anna Rizzo let me just check this again hang on sorry about this uh the group the group Anna Anna Rizzo they only made one album it's uh it's on it was on I believe Columbia and they were like a Jefferson uh, Starship, Jefferson Airplane Offshoot Band. There was another one of these, Bodacious. Um, but Grutna only made one album. They're from California. So it's Anna Rizzo with these hilarious-looking, like, five hippie guys. And uh, and it, it could even be a little bit Krautrock here and there, too, because there are some horns. Um, but I just love her voice. She's She's so expressive and dramatic on here. And there are some odd lyrics, like the one you just heard very strange uh going to canada is a really cool song as well on here um young is it young girls blue young woman's blues is really cool full-time woman road fever i'm funky um but uh yeah just just love kind of where she goes with her voice all over this album it's very thespian she she can even go a little a little flat or sharp at times and it sounds like it's on purpose just to sound a little more wild um what i love about this record is it really captures that that post hippie or hippie adjacent time you know which which i guess 
all five of these are sort of from that period, except the first one, which is squarely in hippie times. But it's a little bit of that, uh, you know, after the assassinations, after the Vietnam War and Nixon have already been a grind, after the drugs are not fun anymore, they're more like work. You know, this 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 hippie 70s thing that kind of went on, the, the, the sort of tired aftermath, after the bikers moved in, uh, you know, 71, 72, 73 sort of period that gives rise to a band like Black Sabbath, right? Uh, but this is more of like a California hangover uh, feel. Uh, but yeah, just love her vocals all over this album and played this uh, over and over and over again. Uh, this is another one that I actually, one of the rare times I went on eBay to buy a copy of the LP. Um, and I do have a CD issue as well. So there you go. That's our number four. All right. So our number five, I left the best for last. This is one that I have played probably 500 times. I've called this my favorite album of all time at times. But, you know, you don't want to bring up records like this too often because it just sounds like you're being one of these crazy music snobs. Um, but I I definitely, I have no problem calling this uh, one of my very few top favorite albums of all time but it's the complete antithesis of queen one and physical graffiti and sabotage it's one of the quietest albums you'll ever hear in your life um well let's take a listen and then we'll discuss this is these trails with hello lou hello keeper of the keys you passed my doorway in the Fallen stars All right, so what this is, 1973, it's an indie album from Hawaii. They only made one album. Um, this is Margaret Morgan singing. This is one of the greatest female vocal performances, I swear, of all time, even on an objective level uh, across the length of a whole album. Again, the astonishing synchronicity, Carl Jung police synchronicity, <laughs> is that um, male-female dual vocals. Um, definitely this fits in the world of um, weird folk. But what I love about this as well is that Patrick Crockett, the sort of mastermind behind the band, he does so much really interesting and fresh acoustic guitar. You know how we get in that talk about Jimmy Page being quote-unquote overrated, you know, and then I get in trouble uh, for that because, you know, I have to argue that, they're, well, they're overrated because they're so highly rated, right? But Jimmy Page, one of the great things about him is we remember going to California and Babe, I'm Leaving You and Friends, which is my favorite Zeppelin song of all time. Um you know, his his great acoustic stuff. Well, sometimes I say, you know what? He is a little overrated because Nick Drake across the first two of his three albums did as much or more amazing, cool acoustic stuff as Jimmy Page ever did. Well, Patrick Crockett does the same thing on this These Trails album. So much variety here, so much single-tracked and double-tracked, really interesting acoustic guitar all through this whole thing. And he is the haunting, really cool, high, accurate lead vocalist that goes along with Margaret Morgan. Morgan. Margaret Morgan... Um, she died, I think, in 2002, which was sort of poignant for me because I only discovered this album slightly after that. Um, you know, so I'm listening to this knowing that she uh, she has passed on. Um, she had a kind of a troubled life, maybe some mental issues when she made this album. 
She was only, I think, 17 or 18 years old. Um, there was little information on this album out there. So I actually tracked down Patrick Crockett and did an interview with him about it, which I haven't used for anything. And I even tracked down Margaret's sister and had an interview with her about the whole thing. I even talked to a buddy of mine who's a documentary filmmaker saying, somebody ought to do a documentary on this album. Like this is this is way cooler story than Waiting for Sugar Man or whatever. I mean, this album is not very famous, but... Um, I, I just think it's an absolute masterpiece start to finish. It's a, it's weird folk squarely, uh, really, really interesting lyrics throughout, um, some crazy vocal effects. There's one on here called Of Broken Links, which I think could have been like King Diamond intro music at his shows. It's really kind of witchy and strange. There's some really light stuff on here. There's some things about ghosts and there's a lot of nature stuff on here. Um, this one, this one's called Hello Lou and, um, you know, I asked Patrick and I asked um, Margaret's sister um, about, you know, is this is this about Satan? Is it is it sort of like a satanic song? Because the lyrics are very, very subtly down that road. There's a baby that's born. There's charisma. There's keeper of the keys. It's called Hello, Lou. There's, there's dressing up in jester's guise. There's this really strange sequence here where, you know, you, you picture them on Hawaii in some little cabin. And um, the protagonist, I think this is Margaret singing at this point, opens her door. Well, you know, uh, there, there's rain hitting, hitting you in the face. And then there's wind. And then there's breaking branches. So there's this, this, this elevation in the weather that goes on in this song. Um, it's just a very strange, unsettling song that sounds like, you know, it, there's talk about a fallen star. Um, so it sounds like it's about that. But Patrick and the sister said, well, I, I think Margaret had kind of like a um, tumultuous relationship that didn't end well with Patrick. And Patrick might have been a little older. Maybe they were both young. But Margaret eventually like lit out for California and she did all the all the alternative uh, you know, spiritualism stuff and all that. And I think she did have some problems and didn't find her way. And it's just a shame that she never sang again um, because the vocals across this album will will blow your mind. I mean, there's so much versatility and, and the highs that she hits. There's a song in here called Rapt Attention where she says, uh, you are my conception. And then it's just so high. And um yeah, just the gorgeousness of, of of the vocals together. And one last thing to say about this album. Um, so so yeah. So sorry, I didn't didn't go there. So so both. I think Patrick kind of hinted that it might have been about a troubled male female relationship and not Lucifer. And and I think I think Margaret's sister kind of said the same thing. And and they you know they had a falling out with Patrick over the reissue. And it sounds like the mother was involved. Um, with not wanting the reissue out and then the falling out and then some business stuff that went on with the CD being reissued. Um, very odd. It sounded like, it sounded like they were possibly from like a, um, sugar plantation family. You know, Margaret was not ethnic Hawaiian. I don't think, uh, you see pictures of her. She looks like your standard, you know, white gal. Um, now the last thing to say about this album that is quite interesting is it's it's kind of known for when it's known at all it's kind of known for being um being uh innovative with synthesizers there's this uh it was made in the studio where um there was this studio synthesizer guy who had all the latest gear and and was playing some really haunting strange synthesizer stuff to go around with the weird folks so at least for Hawaii in 1973 um there are in there are innovative early uses of synthesizer 
on this album. I mean, 73 is not that early for synthesizers, but it is really cool how it's woven into this whole thing. But yeah, These Trails is the name of the band. These Trails is the name of the album. So it's a self-titled. It's just a very boring front cover. Of, you know, It's kind of like a sepia tone one-tone brown cover of, of these feet standing in like a creek or something. Um, but uh, one of the greatest albums of all time, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but obviously, you you have to like very, very quiet, soft, female, vocal, Hawaiian folk music to like this album. So it's a little bit different than Black Sabbath Sabotage, I would say. All right. There we go. Uh, I have already made this the longest episode I've ever done because I could go on forever. I actually thought of doing an entire podcast episode on just the These Trails album at one point, but I thought that would be just way too obscure. Hopefully this has been semi-interesting for y'all. so there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi rhymes with no fee uh, dot com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. Uh, and uh, this week, uh, this week's party faithful. All of these came in this week. So thank you, people. Uh, I want to thank uh, Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Paul Gaspari, uh, Jonathan Jordan, Kevin Latham. Luke Matosik, uh, Melissa Nee, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Colston Veer. Um, Colston's from the UK. He jumped on one of these. Uh, I started doing, um, I, I did a very, very low print run of those old record review books I did, the 70s, the 80s, the 2000s. I still have the 90s. I, I did like 15 of each of them. They're not very cheap, but you can email me or message me uh, if you want one of those. Um, they're They're expensive. I'm, I'm just warning you uh, because I made so few of them, but I, I put a few of them back into print. I'm not even going to put these up on my website ever again. Um, this I'm just literally telling my database about them the one time and that's it. And then they're going to be gone. Uh, but Colston just got one of those. I think I sent him the 70s one over to the UK. Uh, and Robert Yates uh, on here. Um, and of course, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. The Angel book is almost out of print, but I may put that back into print because Angel themselves uh, looks like they want some um but uh but i i do for now only have about 20 left uh you can get the whole maiden trilogy basically everything that's in print there will be paypal buttons for there um thank you very much i hope you like this episode it was a very personal one um i found this very creepy and weird and synchronous like i say in a carl Jung sort of way um uh all these similarities between these records that i was essentially have been obsessed with uh over time but if i want to send you away with uh two to listen to of these um please check out these trails the greatest record of all time by anybody and uh, and check out the trader horn morning way album um i think you'll really like that one as well all right signing off find all of our shows notes social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts all songs can be found for purchase on itunes spotify or google play please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 